0: Again, Footy and Frothy's post-Easter show, Daggy, Barney, Ollie, all with you to talk about round six of the uh, National Rugby League competition. Again, plenty to discuss. A lot of games didn't let us down. A couple of games maybe did, but the league's chugging along pretty well, isn't it, Ollie?
1: Yeah, it's chugging along really well, and we have a couple of results over the weekend as well. There's a a gap that's getting wider, um, but it's... Seemingly, fourteen or fifteen teams are doing really well, or at least what we're expecting. And then there are a couple that are right, uh, right down the bottom. But I'm sure we'll get into that.
0: And Barn, how do you enjoy the weekend? How's the Easter?
2: Yeah, it's pretty quiet, mate. Um, the wife's mother-in-law's brother, the mother-in-law. The wife's mother's been in hospital for the last four days, which is great. It's
0: Sorry to hear that. Seems to be a bit on the moon. It must been a bit better last couple of days. I'm sure she'll be back yeah. uh, nagging you in no time, David.
2: <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. And, yeah, we're doing a, a bit of a fitness kick. And the knees and ankles aren't the same as they were 20 years and 30 kilos ago. So <laughs> it's getting a bit, a bit painful. But, no, the footage is brilliant. There was some really good football in that, in and the, around the um, on the weekend. A couple of games, I think, the crowd, the, that Suncorp's got a few issues. Good guys yeah. slipping and sliding all over the place, left, oh, right, and centre. I, mean,
0: I generally am concerned for Magic Round. I, I know we've said yeah. that before, and I think what two years we, we said that concerned. last year,
2: yeah. I think it was, and it turned out perfectly fine. by yeah. the time they got the Magic Round. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's been a consistent theme the last what, two or three games they've played up there. And, um, but, the no, the some, call's some been brilliant.
0: similar, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. It's been some brilliant um, footy and some really good individual uh Outputs this weekend as well, some really star performances, players, especially in the spine, and a couple of different teams.
0: Mm. I don't know what that must be like. Anyway, we've <laughs> got some, uh, not a heap of news to talk about. We've got, uh, well, none really, none major ones uh, apart from injuries and the like, but I guess uh, just a stat to throw out there, if Hammer scores this week, he'll be the only player in the history of the game to ever score seven in seven straight games, so... There's a record for him since 19.
1: Oh, he's yeah. also, he already broke a record in the game against the Cowboys. Um, in terms of consecutively scoring in games, he's broken the record for scoring in the most consecutive games in the inaugural season for an expansion club. Yeah, or right. for a, It was five. I think it was like in the 1920s or something, the record was set. It's a bit of a niche record, yeah. but.
0: So, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I didn't know where you are going with that. But. Back when
2: everything kicked off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but apparently he's tied the record. Six in a row is the record. Uh, and seven will be the new record, obviously. So that, that'll be a nice feather in his bow. And he's, um, I guess, massively performing. As a, he's not alone in that team. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, no, do, judiciary news. Francis Molo, I think, had his third straight offence. A couple of three game whack. Uh, and we had uh, plenty of injuries, unfortunately. Uh the two big ones, two ACLs from the weekend, Jake Braley, another big out for the night, who uh keep keep plugging along uh, and overperforming. Uh Adam Dewey, the other ACL there, and uh that's his third, I believe, on that knee, which isn't ideal. So uh best of luck to him. Out of that same game, Naden was a suspected collarbone, was only a uh it wasn't quite that, it was only a tear of some description, so two to four weeks. Uh, we found out today, or Tamari Martin, eight weeks, broken fibula. That's not ideal. Griffin Neem, eight weeks as well. Toby Sexton on the back of uh, returning to first grade and maybe putting his name out for some clubs that could use a 5-8 in the next, um, well, rest of the season. Broken wrists, four to six weeks. And uh, the, the Fox syndesmosis confirmed eight weeks. And today we heard that uh, broke tore a peck, and that's eight to 12 weeks So. Uh, not ideal for the Bulldogs amidst uh, everything happening there. It's been, uh, I believe, there's something excessive—52 uh, plus genuine first graders on the sideline at the moment, which uh, we've seen some people come in and step in quite admirably, but uh, not great for the game, really. Uh, a lot of them don't have a lot to do with anything bar bad luck, or uh, but. Um, Unfortunate for all involved there. A couple of HAs this week, Rappanar, Meany and Wade Egan, all missed this week uh, under the mandatory stand-down. Any thoughts on any of that, boys?
2: Oh, Kikau seems like he's um, running into a bit of bad luck recently, doesn't he? He's <laughs> yeah. gone from three weeks to now um, 12 on top of it. The dogs are cursed at the moment. They can't seem to keep anybody on the field, except for probably Reid Marnie and Burton are the only two that seem to be on, on the field every Jesus, week. They'll, the they'll be happy you've singled them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll see how good a Bocco I am mm. up, to, up to your standards. But, yeah, there was um, oh, two two blokes that probably don't deserve ACLs of the two that up this week as well in Braley and um, Dewey. So, so that's three for the same knee, is it?
0: Yeah, uh, oh, it may be it's definitely the same knee as oh one. one. Uh yeah. twenty one. Uh I'm not sure if it's the third and the same one.
2: And Brayley can't take a trick either. He's it, played about eight year? games Jaden Brayley, yeah, the whole year last year and yeah. most of the year the year before. he's played about seven games in three seasons now. Yeah. Uh
0: unfortunate just... for them. Uh we've seen we have seen as they people get older they do um I guess have better luck as it goes on, but knees. Well, I know from experience, uh, once your knees go, your knees go. Sometimes, and uh, it's not ideal. Uh, anything else you want to touch on around the grounds, or anything you've heard from the uh, week? Got or... any thoughts?
1: Um, uh, I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought you you were going to bring it up, but there's been a bit of controversy around the uh, the Martin to Powell V trigger to <laughs> Gordon Raffner that left him in a in a pool of claret. Um, well, yeah Yeah. Yeah, well personally like I've seen debate and I get that it was an accident but I've always maintained an argument that it it's just a totally different story when it comes to a player's head and in the rule books I'm pretty sure even if it's accidental if you make contact with the head um it's a penalty so I don't know where the the confusion is there for a lot of people. I understand that there's an argument. Um, I believe that if there is an accident and you can tell it's an accident like that, maybe you should just leave it as a penalty, not necessarily go and punish the player, put them on report or anything because Martin Tapau couldn't get out of the way. But when a bloke's laying there and he's got blood spitting out, spitting out the the back of his cranium, I mean, like (laughs) something's got to be done. Surely.
0: I I thought it shouldn't have been a penalty. I disagree. I, I thought... And I thought the bunker and the ref had no idea what to do. They just saw blood everywhere and, oh, shit, we've got to do something here, and blew a penalty and made something afterwards. Uh, they called it careless, uh, and he was since cleared by the match review committee, so can't have been too careless. I think if he didn't slow down and had been careless, he runs straight past him and misses him. I think the fact he took care uh, is what caused the issue. So the, the definition of careless annoys me. Uh... It cost Brisbane the game, I think. In my humble, I was going to save this to the game, uh, but um, is it the most disgraceful thing I've seen? Eh, no, probably not, but it's. Um, I, I disagree with you a little bit, Ollie. Uh, uh, the hip drop, similar thing. Uh, both Preston and Murray, I think, both cleared uh, after the fact. Preston was unlucky. Uh, I thought the Murray one was much worse, but Preston, like Preston, making a the tackle. The blokes running. Where was he supposed? I, I don't know where he was supposed to go. Because if he just mm-hmm. lets go and he runs off and scores, everyone's calling him a every name under the sun. So I don't mm-hmm. quite know uh, what to go with that. Uh, I, I take bigger issues with cannonballs and like as I've been on record for three years of saying. Barn, um, what do you think? Am I right or wrong?
2: Or? Well, the Preston one, he ended up going for the strip, I think, and just fell off the ball. And that's why he ended up down near his feet. And he was nowhere near the back of his legs either. So that he just one, so happened to know, land on his ankle more than anything else. Yeah, no, that's right. He sort of landed at the front of his feet and his foot was in in, in the vicinity. Um, so, yeah, the, the hip drop one seems to be getting a little bit nitpicky, but they really want it out of the game. So if they're going to continue down that way, they're going to, there's nothing we're going to do or say is going to change that. Um, a, uh, the yeah, Rappina one is he doesn't drop the ball if he doesn't get hit in the head with the knee. I understand so that's, and that's a, tricky, that is a tricky so thing. So the game that. breaks down either way, yeah. um, the fact if I think if you go back and look at it and you look at um, Capewell, it was in exactly the same position, Cape will stops about two metres before Tapau does, yeah. and he moves to the side and he makes sure that he doesn't make contact with Rapana until he has the ball in his hands. Whereas, obviously, Martin Tapau's going; he's basically wants to obliterate him as soon as he catches. Him. And um, he was realistically be taken if he'd slowed down one or two steps earlier. He doesn't make contact. He can flop on top of him. He can he can dive into him with his shoulder while he's on the ground. If if he'd slowed up that fraction earlier, so... Right, I think that's where he it does, it does that, sort of penalty. come into that... What's that? He'd
0: have given a penalty if he'd stopped and dived on him, I reckon. Possibly. Yeah, it's a flop or something.
2: Oh, not if, he's, not if there hadn't been a handful. Yeah. So, unless he contacts the head. But, um, yeah, I think that's where you can probably get away with actually deeming it as a, as a careless action, the fact that he... He knew he was never going to get to the ball. He was hoping that Rapana stayed upright when he caught the ball so he could just hit him through the ribs and just smash absolute shit out of him and hopefully get him to drop the ball. The fact that that didn't happen, yeah, it's... He was going out of his way to try and hit him as hard as he possibly could the moment he touched the ball. And the fact that the ball ended up in a different position was the reason why he ended up collecting his knees and his head, so... I can sort of I can see where it was penalty and I would probably agree with it not being in charge at the end of the day at the match with the community either. So.
0: No fair commentary. Yeah, and and yeah, that's not to say either I think either are wrong. I just um, that was the way I interpret it. Uh we will I would meant to save that for the game itself, but let's get that out of the way early. Anything else, Oliver? Mm-hmm. The uh, NRLW is come together quite nicely from what I've seen. It new clubs are yeah. filling up their stock.
1: There's yeah, smoke and- Daddy
0: by
1: coil. Players are finally starting to to sign with clubs. I think they were able to earlier, but due to the um, the, uh, yeah the the whole collective bargaining agreement and everything that sort of stalled for a bit. But it's good to see it's everything's functioning as it should be now.
0: And does that just is that the same as in the past? It just runs concurrent with the last x amount of rounds.
1: Yeah, does it does. But come? yeah, obviously with the the new clubs coming in the the four new clubs, the season's extended a little yeah. bit.
0: Cool. Uh, well, Barn's going for a wander off here. is. anything else, Ollie, if you, that you've taken opinions from? Ratings look good. Fox seem to be outdrawing Channel 9 from what you tell us.
1: Yeah, so the ratings uh, site that I use, um, Fox have outdrawn Channel 9 for all three games this week and over the past few weeks, it's sort of slowly been going this way. It's not necessarily that, Uh, Fox's ratings are going up it's actually that Channel 9's ratings are dropping Mm. so make of that what you will I I saw a lot of comments people are saying it's down to the commentary or whatever but at the end of the day it is concerning when most people uh, have free to wear TV well most people do have free to wear TV but not everyone has uh, Foxtel I don't know the exact amount that would be less. Excuse
0: me ignorance uh, is streaming counted in that or is it uh, no,
1: it's not. So that's right. also important to note. So
0: so that'd actually be bigger because I would suggest, I know I do, yeah. it's either streaming through KO or the Fox tellout.
1: Yeah, 100%. So on Channel 9 alone and on Fox alone, which I would still say is where most viewers are, the traditional uh, networks, Fox, are, yeah, they've outdrawn Channel 9 for all three games this week, which I'm sure it's happened at some points before in the past, but... It's very concerning when the network with the much higher exposure distribution is starting to to crumble a little bit.
0: I'd suggest a large number of those, all well, the demographics, would be the older free-to-air demographic too. I'm sure, like me, my people in our sort of age bracket would be streaming or watching on iPads and laptops and the like as well. So
1: interesting. Well, yeah, well, something to note as well. Like you bring up, sort of the. The older um, people as well. Um, I know, like my own grandmother, for example, uh, recently got Ko. Yeah. Just so she could watch the footy, so she's obviously using that now. So I think with the rise of streaming, it is probably as well hurting Channel Nine a bit because we've obviously with Ko or Fox, you can watch every game live every weekend, whereas with Nine, you've only got the three games.
0: Yeah. Uh, hundred percent. Anyway, uh, let's get into what happened over the Easter break, unless you've got something else, Barn, you want to throw out? No, not at all. We kicked off Thursday night with uh, one of the most underwhelming performances of the year to date, and that was the Roosters 8 uh, being demolished by the storm in the wet there down south. Uh, what does the stats say, Barn, and um, you can lead us away here.
2: Yeah, we had five tries to one, three out of five conversions for the Storm, one out of one for the Roosters, and a pen, one out of one penalty attempts for both sides. 39 out of 45 sets played, 21 out of 34, 350-plus running metres for the Storm, four line breaks to one, 42 tackle busts to 16, six offloads from both sides, two false dropouts to one, a 40-20 uh, kick by Melbourne, 313 tackles played, 410. One ruck infringement to two. One inside the 10 to two. Three penalties conceded to four. Eight errors to 14. One Sinbin. Grant with 35 tackles. Butcher with 49. Munster with 209 running metres. And Manu with 200 running metres. Munster with 114 supercoach points. Meany with 96. And then three other Storm players before you get down to Egan Butcher on 59. Um. First 15-20 minutes was sort of back and forth. So both teams would just sort of put the feelers out there and were going back backwards, forwards. And the Roosters probably looked a little bit sharper in the middle of the field for that first 15-minute period. But as, as soon as Melbourne started shifting the ball wide and moving that big forward pack around, they looked, just looked so much slicker ball in hand uh, when, when it was going through the hands out to the centres and the outside backs and they were just a lot more in sync than the the Roosters. The Roosters got back to that point where they they get sort of halfway across the back line and it just gets all clunky and they're not they're not sure who's going where, what what you know, what angles people are running, and it, it broke down time and time again for them. Um, yeah. I actually don't think
0: uh, it's a it's a note I'd made, uh, and it's a good point you raise. I don't think there's a, been a better team this year f- consistently for execution than Melbourne. It just seems mm. every time they shift the ball, everyone is in the right spot. Um, now, very
2: controlled in this game
0: as well. Yeah, it wasn't, there's, there's no, there was there's no panic. No, they just sort of know that um, it's that no one runs around in a circle. Bar Munster, He's giving it to Munster? But, Munster they, <laughs> but, the, but it, it, ironically, it's the fact that Munster does run run around in a circle that uh, makes him more dangerous. Like because yeah. when they just plug into that line, uh, they tend to hang off, and if they do just go hands, they they just don't get it wrong, like. But they're always they're there. all either
2: moving, uh, in that sweeping motion to an edge, or then they've got angle runners coming back inside, yeah. meany back and through the middle. And this, that's it's what I get to time and time again. The really good attacking teams have two and three options. They give their ball players two and three options when they're near the line, and it just confuses the shit out of most defences. Yeah,
0: when you're trying to cover
2: two and three spots in a defensive line in the space of ten meters, and you've got three blokes in there. They've all got to make a decision, and if they all don't make the same decision at the same time, the defensive line's all over the place. That's um, yeah, what the really good ball players do, I think, in the competition. But the Roosters played, the last hour of this game was amateur. They did set looked like amateurs running around there for this last half an hour. Constant penalties, constant errors, and it, it was at crucial times too. Whenever they seem to get into good field position, they drop the ball. Whenever they they had the Melbourne on, on the back foot in their field position, they give away a penalty and let them out of, you know, let them out of pressure and go down the other end. They, yeah, I don't know how they got away with probably only getting beaten by 20, realistically. It looked to me at one point, especially with about 20 minutes to go, that Melbourne, by all rights, should just absolutely put 40 or 50 points on them. And, um, they, you know, that probably comes down to the fact that their defence is a little bit, st- structured a little bit better than a lot of sides. But, yeah, they they, weren't, they were pretty as you said, they was probably one of the worst performances of the year for that last hour of this game. Um, yeah, and you don't need to invite Munster and Harry Grant down yeah. to your line and more than once. So, <laughs> once you get down there and you give them repeated opportunities, they'll carve you up. Um was a big momentum shift was the 40-20, I thought, from Harry Grant as well. Um, the game was still sort of a bit back and forth at that point in the 40-20 and they go down and score and then scored not, I think it was not too long after, after that as well and the the heads all went down at that point, except for Manu, who seemed to be the only bloke trying out there at different times in this game, and he made some crucial defensive efforts. And Egan Butcher as well. But, um, yeah, I thought uh, the, the forwards worked pretty hard, but they were pretty, pretty, by the end of the game, they were pretty well beaten, uh, the Roosters. Tyrell May was okay off the bench. Um, and Egan was very good. And I mentioned M- uh, Mane was fantastic and probably their best player, but was given no opportunities ball in hand. Kamika had a pretty good game with uh, Josh King, I thought, for the Storm. Welsh and Katoa were very good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was it was Harry Grant, uh, Meany. And just to top that off, um, Cameron Munson decided to be twice as good as anybody on the field. <laughs> 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 just go to ball. How a good five eight can pull apart a defence.
0: He's having one of his. He was a, obviously had a great year now last year, but uh, yeah. if he's not on the field for this this year, the games they they don't win the games they win this year. I think. Uh, and if he was playing for a lot of other teams, they'd be winning a lot more games. Like he, everything he did was pinpoint. Uh, what two? Like both coats tries were off his kicks. Yep. Uh, and he had uh, involvement in a couple of others. I just think he's um he's been outstanding. He's playing fullback this week with Meany out, uh. And just quickly on Meany, he's plugged in fantastically. He's uh, from where he's come from two years ago. Uh, I know he's never. It, that's a reflection of the club he was at more than probably the club he, than than the player himself. But it, it's brought the best out of him. So they never really gave
2: him that many opportunities either. They, they yeah. give him one or two weeks. I seem to recall that
0: we um we were crying for him at times. Yeah, uh, yeah. when Is they were dropping rules? and changing,
1: they would play him at fullback for a week or two, like Barney said and he would be their best back by far when he was at fullback, and then they'd plug... Averillo in and Dall- someone else. And... Or Dallin Lesniak, I think, was still milling around back then, and none of them were putting up the performances that he was, but it just so happened he'd, he'd get a crack once every five weeks, and it would just be back in the in the rotation.
0: Uh, Ollie, what do you take at this? Any, anything else?
1: Well, just to sort of add on to... Barney's points here, we've spoken over the past couple of weeks in a couple of games, especially especially when we're talking about Brisbane, how their forwards usually lay that platform for their backs. They do the hard work early um, and their backs benefit from it. They obviously set up the plays, get them in good positions. Um, Melbourne's forwards were doing this. The Roosters' forwards were not. Defensively, uh, the Roosters' forwards were fantastic. They had four players with over 40 tackles um, in their forward pack, but they only had one player run for one forward run, run for over 100 meters. And that was Victor Radley. Um, So when you're not having your forwards, obviously laying that platform, getting that go forward, you're not really able to set yourself up for anything, especially when you make 14 errors in a game, like the Roosters did three of those coming within the first 10 minutes as well. It was definitely a closer game in the early stages. I agree with Barney, but I think that just sort of set the tempo, um, for the Roosters night in terms of being able to hold onto the ball. They were never really able to correct that. Um, it wasn't as bad as it was that early on, but still the job was done and that really killed them. Those errors, to be honest and the fact that their forge just couldn't get going forward in attack again, they were great in defense. Uh, but then you look at Melbourne's forward pack, which on paper is a lot weaker. Um, you had plays doing work on both ends. Uh, King, Katawa, Kamikamika as well. Um, at, at the end of the day, the Roosters just really cut themselves off at the kneecaps, I guess you could say.
0: I think in conditions like that as well, I've got to say you're being harsh on their forwards, but it's your outside backs that get you into that game. And uh, you, you've only got Drew Hutchinson making 50 metres. Uh, not necessarily his fault because it's not necessarily his position all the time, but they, their outside backs didn't necessarily... Manu, I think, ran 200. Uh, but they didn't... A lot of that scrappy stuff they didn't really get into or they made errors on the way back. Yeah. So. Oh, um, it's funny how Melbourne, you know, we every time we doubt them, they, they tend to, but they keep plugging holes, and they now um they've now got tent pegs in sort of Qatar and King that they can trust, and uh, throw Walsh back in, who's shocked me finding form just in time for Origin, um, and he had a really good game actually, Christian Walsh. Uh, they you know they've got uh they start that's when you start dragging as you mentioned Kamikamica back into the game, and all of a sudden. Oh, hey, they're Melbourne again. Uh, all had his... All was very impressive. Uh, starting to look damaging again. So uh, all across the board, you just got... I guess you got to say it's as we seem to come back to most years. Uh, the more the stuff like this changes, the more they stay the same. Melbourne and Penrith uh, look, look, you know, almost at times streets ahead than some of the other teams we we analyse. Uh, is there anything else? We, anyone else we haven't touched on, Barn? Do you have anything else before I cut you off?
2: No, I, don't, I think we've pretty much mentioned everyone. Um yeah, it's, just, it's really disappointing with the Roosters for me at the moment because one week they look half decent, then they look good, and then they look very average. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, to be honest. I know they do start slower a lot of times to, like, recent years, but it's just something. I don't know. I've got to smell about them at the moment. Is, is <laughs> I mean. it um is it too early to call them flat-track bullies because it's starting to feel a <laughs> bit that way uh, for this year? I think it's, um, it's too early to be calling anybody, anything at the moment, to yeah. be honest. There's still weight. You've still got, what, 20, 19 rounds of footy left to go? No, um, Angus Crichton, <laughs> t- back um, You can pretty much turn the ladder upside down, minus one or two players, uh, one or two teams, and wouldn't surprise me. By uh, I
0: believe Napa, Crichton and uh, Nathan Brown are all playing for Newtown this week, so uh, that will helpful. start bolstering some stocks, at least their bench stocks. Uh, I assume mm-hmm. at least two of them will probably, or definitely Guzzi, will be, whether it's via the bench or whether it's back full-time, will be back and either pushing a butcher to the bench or some combination of all of that. Uh, but can't hurt, obviously, in not having Teddy yeah, else But they, not. they they, just continue when they're not playing well to um, not be on the same page. Yeah,
2: they really they do. Um, they get very confused with their ball movement when they're not playing well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was with you, Munster three, and I thought probably clearly oh, nice. uh Harry I had Meany two Harry One, but any combination of that is uh is fine with me. Uh, Welsh, exactly what I mean. uh all right, cool. I'm good with that too. Well, how easy is that? righty. <laughs> um I don't I, I don't quite know how easy this game's gonna be to analyze beyond saying that uh South's turned up and put in an A grade South performance against essentially a reserve grade team by the end of the game. Uh fifty to sixteen was the score. Fox went down early, Barn, and then after that, the 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 edge was just in shambles on that side. Poor old Alamode yeah. stuck out there by himself, and it, things
2: went from bad to worst. 100%. Uh, we had three tries to nine. Two out of three conversions played six out of nine, and one out of one penalty attempts for Souths. 25 out of 35 sets for the Dogs, 31 out of 41 for South Sydney. 634-plus running metres and 231-plus post-contact metres for South Sydney. One line break for the Dogs, 10 for South Sydney. 12 tackle busts to 30, seven offloads from both teams. No force dropouts, 140-20 by the Bulldogs. 376 tackles, played 230. Massive. One ruck infringement to two, one inside the 10 for South Sydney. 11 penalties conceded by the Bulldogs, three by Souths. 10 errors to 13. Uh, Simbin for the Bulldogs. Reed made 50 tackles. Cook made 31. Aberillo with 143 running metres and Latrell with 191 running metres. Luttrell with 146 supercoach points. Campbell Graham with 145. Walker with 132. Or other South Sydney players before you got down to Reed on 7th. Ollie?
1: Yeah, well, there's not really too much to talk about in terms of what actually happened in this game because it was an absolute demolition job. One of the stories, though... I think one of you guys brought it up last week about how Latrell's just not quite been Latrell this season. Like, we, we are used to him sort of only chipping in when he's needed. He doesn't usually put in an 80-minute performance. So it just seems he, he felt like this week he's, like, I'll I'll have a crack for, for most of the game. And, what, he got three tries and two assists, I think it was, something like that. And Cody Walker as well. Uh, we've given him a lot of flack this year. But in this game, it, it was sort of a, a perfect game set up for him where they start getting the momentum, they start scoring the points and he sort of starts to turn it on and get a lot more confident within himself. And he set up a few tries as well. Um, But um, on top of those guys, I want to bring up the three amigos I'm going to call them for now on, because it's always these three blokes every single week in South Sydney's forward pack, Tom Burgess, Keon Kalamitangi and Cameron Murray. Uh, the three amigos, all three of them got hundred and thirty plus running meters in the game. Uh, plus Murray got thirty-one tackles, and Campbell Graham was great as always as well. It's pretty much everyone that we wrap every week for South Sydney. It's the same story. However, this time they just they were able to do more because they were up against an opposition that didn't really turn up. And I do want to acknowledge yes, the Bulldogs have a weakened side, but uh, I don't necessarily think having kick out and TPJ in there would um, would turn this score line around too much. They maybe wouldn't have conceded 50, but I feel like South Sydney were just on as well in this game, so full credit to them. Um, Graham, three tries, 150 running metres, and made 15 tackles from 15 attempts, which you don't usually see centres making that many tackles plus not missing a single tackle either.
0: Haven't you heard he's the best defensive centre in the game?
1: They, know, they now this, tell us
0: every time he touches I the ball, I've heard it too. about ten no, times this <laughs> this game, I heard it. At least, at least we picked up on it three years ago.
2: Yeah, we've been saying it <laughs> for quite some time now. Do give kudos to the Dogs. I thought they'd probably won the first ten minutes of this game. They came out really were physical and fast at the start of this game, really nice scrum play, and, and South Sydney had no idea it was coming for it to run away and have to score the first try of the game. But. Um, as soon as the tide turned, it was over and done with. Like, as we met, as you mentioned, the was getting involved, but getting involved when it mattered rather than like, cause he's been making, still been running close to 200 meters, most games, but it's all been out of his back end and, you know, kick returns, re- kick return meters. Whereas he hasn't been anywhere near as involved in the attacking setup as he was in this game. And yeah, <laughs> got himself a hat trick. You think he gave Campbell Graham, one of his pretty much just handed yeah. him one of his tries as well. And then, um, Walker was buzzing around and getting involved in the middle as well. I think that's that's the setup to their play. I think they've just got to really stay unless they're going to go and shift early and try and burn someone on the outside. The backs just need to not be involved when they're in their own side of the <laughs> inside halfway and just let their big guys roll through the middle like they do so well. With Especially when they're probably close to the best
0: um best
2: cook buzzing around in there. Play as the well. ball
0: speed in there, and that's just from the eye. I haven't studied it. When they get going. Um, play yeah. the ball speed the way they roll.
2: Uh, Burgess, Arrow Array. back again this week yeah, is another one. There is
0: a big in for that too. But really, um,
2: really plays like that as well. So, um, yeah, I think they limit their time doing the the dirty work in the, with the back line. They can probably kind um, of set up a little bit more like this uh, against some of the better teams, and uh, they'll go a long way to being very competitive even against the better teams. Well, they are one of the better teams, realistically, if you look at it. Um, they've probably been one of the more consistent teams this year, even though they have had, had ever. I think pretty much every team's had a bad performance here and there um, so far through the, the six, seven rounds of footy that we've seen. But Yeah, I, they were well, you've said it all, they were they were brilliant when in in attacking zones. The Dogs came out and put in another probably ten minutes just after the second half as well. Like I don't know, the, the coach seems to rev them up at the breaks, start of the game and at, at half time because they, they look quite good again at the first ten minutes of the second half but once again the the was forwards just started rolling through the middle and injuries and blokes. So I think there was a ten minute there was a sin bin for Preston which really killed off any hopes mm. in that back end of the game.
0: Yeah. Um did you is there anything you take out of your like your Harrison Edwards and um you know, we've seen enough of Preston now to you know to say there's much there.
2: Yeah, nah, um, no, not particularly. <laughs> no, I think yeah. they're, um, they're they're looking like a, a well-beaten pack if they're going to trot out that, this pack most weeks of the year. So. Uh, um, yeah. Lance King's a superstar, but... And Preston's on his way to being there, but uh, they need some of their other guys back. I don't want in to in Yeah, They I need Kick out's not coming back for three months now, but they need Tavita Pengai back and whoever else they can get into that middle of the field.
0: Well, and here's the thing. You, it may, maybe you're right, Ollie. Maybe we're being generous, giving a bit of a benefit of the doubt, and that um, maybe they weren't missing that many. But uh, Bulldogs, gan- Bulldogs fans get to have the have the excuse that they're now injured and their season's ruined, so they'll, that's what they'll do, and yeah. that's fine. So, and maybe and, they're not wrong. Maybe they're not wrong.
1: And they'll go out and sign a, another five players for seven hundred k, and <laughs> no one will mention a thing about it and for the next rebuild for next year. So,
0: well, realistically, well, who's left, Crichton? Come in, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they got uh, they do have uh, the sprue calf back up their sleeve at some point. I'm sure you'll turn up at some point here. Uh, yeah, Ola Powell, whoever whoever his name is that I keep uh, and I apologize, keep mispronouncing. Uh, yeah, what else do you like? I said what else do you really take out of this? Don't know. One
2: thing that was alarming is when when their defense fell apart, like the floodgates didn't just open; they just exploded and. There it was, it was holes all over the place. To I just want to also mention,
0: look, let's be honest, you can't play Josh Reynolds on Cam Murray through the middle of no. the field and expect a result. Uh, he spent a big chunk of that back end, I uh, assume, defending at lock, but um, or at least standing there at lock. don't know if he was defending too much, but uh, he managed to stand in front of the play the ball three or four times when the, when uh, Reed was looking for him too, so that was good. But uh, he got picked this week. Good on him. Uh all right, three points Latrell, two points Walker or Graham, uh, and throw in Murray Burgess, whoever you want for one as well. Um, which way are we divvying them up?
2: Mm. I had Trill and Graham, Trill three, Graham for two, and um, I had Walker Murray or uh, Reed, but Reed was probably a fair way behind the South players. Yeah.
1: Well, Barney will probably go with. Um with Walker because he hates forwards now and he won't want to go with Cam Murray. So I think we should just go with Walker to save. I'm okay with Walker.
0: And, you know, he has had, we, were, we are quite critical of him. He's had a pretty good yeah. month now. Uh, he's been, he's at his best for the last month. Uh, we all good to keep plugging him.
2: Yeah, Burton and Reed were the really only two standouts for the dogs in this team, I thought, realistically. only two probably worth a mention. Yeah. Out of, out of this
0: game. Um. Yeah, we're going to get, um, I, I don't get it today, but we'll try and get Trent on in the next couple of weeks. He's keen to. A uh, good friend of the show to, and close Bulldogs watcher. And he's going to probably give us some thoughts on where they're headed and where they're at and what the future may hold in 2024. So looking forward to that. Uh, but until then, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. We've lost Ollie for the remainder of the show. Something's come up there, personal issue apparently. So hopefully it's all good at his end. Uh, take a sec to plug uh, RugbyLeagueMerch.com dot com to buy some hats and uh, shirts and that sort of gear. Check them out uh, as uh, as we head towards uh, well middle of the year and footy season ramps up. Uh, next on the agenda thirty two twenty two the Dolphins once again uh, well Dolphins won again uh, defeating the Cowboys this time who at times perhaps their own worst enemy, Barn. But uh, the Cowboys are just well they're just a little engine that could this year.
2: Story of the year, mate. (laughs) He's just constantly making defensive errors and errors with the ball. Shooting themselves in the foot, realistically. But, um, yeah, four tries for the Cowboys, six for the Dolphins. Three out of four conversions played three out of six for the Dolphins and one out of one penalty attempts. 25 out of 37 sets played 29 out of 36. Seven line breaks for the Cowboys, six for the Dolphins. 34 tackle busters at 42. Four offloads to nine, two forced dropouts by the Cowboys, no 40-20s. 280 tackles played 289, two ruck infringements to one, one inside the 10 against the Dolphins. Seven penalties conceded from both teams, 13 errors to six, two sin bins to one, Robson with 39 tackles, Jeremy Marshall-King with 41, Holmes with 155 running metres and Asako with 161. Amiso with 120 supercoach points, Osako with 118. Gilbert with 106, and then Holmes on 88. Uh, where
0: are we going to start there? I think the biggest talking point is: uh, Are you happy to pen the Cowboys yet, or they need? I think they drastically need to fix something up. I know they get some cavalry back this week, but at times I think every single one of their starting players missed multiple tackles.
2: Yeah, defense is a big issue compared to last
0: year. Yeah. Similar, very similar to the sharks, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah but, they're in um, the same boat. Yeah, uh, everyone except Kyle Felt missed uh, tackles, and Kyle Felt yeah. made one. So uh, <laughs> they yeah, were probably over. Yeah, they're exposed here. Yeah, I thought uh, Jerry Marshall King outplayed Robson. That's fantastic, and was really good. Uh, didn't miss a beat from where he came. Came back and Katoa stepped into the seven roll pretty comfortably. Uh, I know there wasn't a great deal of pressure on him, but he um, he got them around the park um, in fine enough style. They uh, the two obviously the two obvious ones are the two that we'll plug here. Uh, Hammer is just uh, has gone to another level this year. Uh, obviously Bennett's got the best out of him. Uh, they he's uh, just you know our typical very hard trying fullback part of everything uh, always in support. Uh, and always uh, oh, a danger because he can go to the line and pass both directions. Uh, and azako who's having um, I don't know if you can call it a breakout year, ten years in, but he has been outstanding this year. He's, we've been critical of him at times in the past. He had a couple of, a handful of good games for the Titans, but uh, he's just uh, he can do no wrong this year. He's just above and beyond. His kicking's fantastic. His finishing's great. Uh, making meters, breaking tackles, just looks a danger every time he's got
2: the ball. Yeah, he's always had the the skill set. He's just um, he's taken those games out of his uh, repertoire where he'd have three and four errors and and put his head down and go missing. Um, yeah, did a lot, uh, especially for the Broncos at times last year and the year and the previous. But um, I barely I barely think I've seen him make a make a mistake this year. <laughs> he's always been a very good finisher, and he seems to actually be a bit fitter and a bit um, a bit bulkier as well. Uh, Coming into this season, so put on a bit of muscle by the looks of it, and um, got himself a little bit fitter. He's, he's doing fantastic things out on that right edge for the Dolphins. Cowboys just seem to expect to score every time they shift it past the halves. Yeah. Like they just sort of seem to throw a cutout pass and expect to score points, um, where it's it's just not happening this year. Like the Holmes isn't just breaking the line at will like he was at different times last year. Uh, the the back rowers aren't making the the impact that they were last year, and yeah, their, their defences fall on the pieces. They're, 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 that was what we uh, praised them on all of last year was their um, their fitness. They just seemed the fitter than every other team, and the, their defence was as strong as anybody in the game. Uh, they were up there with the likes of Penrith at times last year with their defensive. Well, I think they were
0: they were better until like round twenty three. They were the best defensive team in the comp. And this year it's um they're, they're conceding
2: close to 30 points most yeah. every week um you say that about a lot of teams as well though i think this year the attack definitely has been the, the flavor of the day but um i thought they probably looked to me like they were after the first 15 20 minutes they were well in control and they were probably going to win this game um they started they started really well um and just on the fact that the cowboys, go out of their way to just throw cut-out passes and expect to score out wide, the Dolphins do the exact opposite. They yeah. just work as hard as they possibly can through the middle of the field, and then once they've got that dominance in the middle of the field, they hit their edges with the likes of Hamaso and well and By doing that, obviously, they compress the defence, which gives them a hell of a lot more time out wide, whereas the Cowboys aren't rolling through the middle this year, and when they shift it wide, the defence just moves with the ball, and it's getting shut down pretty easily. At different times, so I think they need to take a lot a leaf out of the Dolphins' book, realistically, and start really trying to hammer back through the middle of the field.
0: Yeah, it really Townsend does a lot of how I'm going to explain this? He does a lot of that, right? The the, the plays in motion, my job's done. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll spread it and you go. Oh, it's up to drink water or Vow to do something. Yeah. Now I've got them the ball. Whereas maybe he can be taking the line a bit more. Now it's it's trickier when your forwards aren't necessarily dominating, but uh, <clears throat> maybe that's getting a bit exposed this year. Uh, and I think that's the key point. They're just, they just they feel not as fit, or other teams have caught up with them, or started the year fitter, and um, they're just not as. I, I I know they're missing a lot of size. They do. I think they get Nani back this week. Not that he's the biggest unit there, uh, and someone else is back this week that will help. But um, we're now up against most teams now have big forward packs as well as uh, some mobile back rowers. So it's it's a tricky thing to combat both against some of these. Uh, I, I, I'm concerned From I just think there's... But I have been all year, uh, since about round
2: three, so... Yeah, round two or three, you were saying. Yeah. It, but, um, uh, the, you look at the Cowboys, uh, they started pretty quickly, but by the end of the first half, the Dolphins were well in front. They yeah. were just running shot over this Cowboys team. And every time they got to the edges of the field, they were just making massive inroads through... Um, Either outside, beating the winger on the outside or shifting it back inside and aiming at the halves, which I think has been part of their problem, the defensive structure in and around the halves, which, again, is where a lot of teams send their attacks. So, but the second half was completely different. Cowboys come out for, the what, half 20 minutes, half an hour in the, in the second half, and they were dominant. They looked like they were going to um, gather up the Dolphins and spin them out by the end of the game. But... Um, Again, they just dropped off really badly. Like, you have to give credit to the Dolphins because there was probably a 10-minute period where the, I think they turned the Cowboys away about four times for about 10 minutes where they were down there and looked like they should score. and They just kept turning up. They kept making tackles. I think there was two blokes held up over the line. And
0: yeah.
2: Then they got their opportunity and they went straight down the other end of the field and um, they, they scored. Well, Hammersow, I think, scored the last one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they scored late, and that was the end of the game. As soon as the, as soon as the Cowboys let up that pressure that they'd been building for 25, 30 minutes, and I think it was off, off the back of. They the They
0: got dumb the, no, they got the one off. off. Oh, oh no, it was Hammer. I thought there was two in the second half. No, it was just the one try in the yeah. second half. Sorry, I tell a lie. Um,
2: yeah, and it was it was yeah. Will at the back end. Of the
0: there game. was a penalty. There was a penalty late that um. I think yeah that, they, they that, that just put it back weird. out to eight, and then Hammer scored. And, um,
2: yeah, it's just, they, the Dolphins just hung in there and fought tough, but they they won it in the first half. As soon as the Cowboys yeah. sort of lost their momentum in that first half, they just went bang, 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 and there's nothing the Cowboys could do. There. It's a sign of a good team that can
0: put points on points. Like, we see lots of teams, uh, you yeah, know, a lot of the teams can't do it or back up, and uh, whereas they, we've seen it, I think in all their games, have put together back-to-back tries in most games, uh, and the same here, and... Um,
2: and that catch off of Sarko from the cross from the toe, that yeah. was fucking outstanding. Yeah. Of
0: and then, um, and then his finish as well uh, was was brilliant. Yeah, I think so. that was just
2: before him actually yeah. beat him back inside and brushed off someone else to score as well.
0: Yeah, but yeah. a lot of
2: it comes off the back of Jeremy King, as you mentioned. He's been owning the middle of the field pretty much every game he played, except for probably last week where he was good, but he wasn't as dominant as he has been coming back from this injury. Yeah. Um, when he gets out, starts running, the, he always just seems to pick the most perfect time to get out, run, and a lot of times he still will pass the ball after he's gone through the line and somebody else will make another 10 metres on top of it. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll double down and go again from double up. half. Middle of the field's just completely shot. Yeah. But his stocks have risen massively in the last, what, 18 months? All
0: right. Well, now you've got to, you know, people are talking at Robson for origin. Now... I would have him ahead of Robson. I know there's a few in front.
2: Robson was no. pretty good in this game too, to be honest. But, yeah, Marshall King.
0: Especially as a, well, especially coming yeah. in as the running hooker, um, Marshall King had him covered well and truly in that department. Uh, and, yeah, but what else do you say? The, the, the astute purchases, yeah. your, your Bromwich boys, uh, Chester... Oh, Chester Gilbert working his head off, uh, his ass off, and um, yeah, he was fantastic. And was the professor amazing. again um, does a mountain of uh, that dirty work once he gets on the field,
2: doesn't he? What? Drinkwater um, had a couple of nice touches, but then he seemed to gas out after about that sort of first little period. As I said, when the Cowboys dropped off in momentum, he really wasn't getting involved at all, um, especially towards um, at the back end of the game. He had, apart from the two really nice cutout balls that he set up tries for. It was about his entire yeah. involvement in the game, realistically.
1: Uh, and um, yeah. they probably
2: needed him at the back end of it. Uh, Felton Graal were pretty good, I thought. Um, probably their best, actually, for the Cowboys. But um, Kiku and Elliot were not good. <laughs> they were very poor in this game. And a lot of that was... just That's where a lot of the, the um, Dolphins were opening them up for points. They just turned the, the two centres inside. Uh, turned that left-hand side inside out with Kikeou and Elliot just continually harassed them all night. Robson and Cotto were pretty good, and I thought Hess had, had another strong game. I think he's been pretty good this year. Uh, mm. Cowboys, he's, he's having
0: probably, probably his best run so far in an in average team. Great.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And the Dolphins, it was just a team effort. I don't think there was a bad player on the field for him, realistically. No. Herman I SASA had a really good game off the bench, a super strong carrying the ball for him considering I think what's his second game back. Might, only, might have been, been his first game back. He's really good off the bench. You mentioned Kenny Bromwich and Nichols were really good in the middle. And every the other four that we mentioned, <laughs> the four that we've talked about for, what, five minutes, in Gilberts, Jeremy Marshall, King, Hamaso and Azarko, they were just brilliant. They were absolutely the difference in the game. They well and truly beat their opposition. Are you now treating Dolphins as
0: a proper threat, as in... They're now, you know, you treat them as any other sort of middle, middle range. Thinking, yeah, bottom, eight, they, bottom of the eighteen. To me, I'm thinking they're probably going to beat ten teams. Yeah, I think nine times out of ten. And if not, they're going to make it a beat mark them. against them. Uh, and it, go, it goes back to just having, like, some of those bodies on the bench. Uh, we don't, need, don't really need to analyse game too much further, but um, you see some teams that have. Um, uh, we've seen a lot of teams you see, end up with uh, a young, a young backline player on the bench or a young forward on the bench. It doesn't either doesn't do a lot. Gets exposed, mm. or he's just there to to get some greenness off. They've realised they've got a, a a team that they need to keep a strong rotation with, and they've got Ray Stone, who's always been a warhorse, and uh, and Mark Nichols coming on, uh, and the only one they really and, and they are just the only one they're blooding is which is fair enough, but he's not going to play massive minutes behind, no. behind uh, Marshall King, and that's um it just keeps that that intensity on the field. Uh, for some, you know, even even Parramatta, you notice their drop once those two. From you see the change in the Parramatta team, for example. Uh, so, yeah, massively. So I think that's just just another bit of astute um, Bennett uh, coaching, I suppose. Uh, who are you doing, Three for Hammer? Two. How are we doing this? Yeah, I had Hammer with
2: the three. I had Gilbert with the two. Yeah. And then uh, toss-up between Jeremy Marshall King or Osako. Yeah, that's a tricky one.
0: I give it to Asako. I don't know who we've become anymore, giving winners <laughs> points every week. But anyway...
2: Uh, we get it's to the, where the, it's been the um, where all most of the entertainment's come from this year, to be honest. There's been some terrific output for some of the weekends. this
0: year. Oh, absolutely, and and game winning outputs, clearly game winning outputs. Uh, 20 to 18. Uh, we thought this may be close. Uh, and the dragons held in well enough. In fact, 20 three 20. tries all barn and um, penalty. You yeah. You've
2: just jumped two games.
0: What have I done here? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got Penrith. Sorry, the we didn't talk time. about Penrith. I we talk about this one. Uh, another disappointment this weekend because I had high hopes for Manly and maybe mm. they're just Manly because it seems to be the trend of what they do
2: uh, at times well, is just how I was, mentioned the first two games, how good I thought the defensive yeah. um, impact was and how they were putting blokes on their backside consistently. didn't happen in this game. <laughs> they, they got walked through a few times this match um, Penrith were red hot, realistically. We had seven tries to two, seven out of seven conversions, played two out of two, one out of one penalty attempts for Penrith, 37 out of 44 sets, played 29 out of 37, 932 plus running meters for Penrith, 12 line breaks to zero, 42 tackle busts to 17, 11 offloads to eight, four force dropouts to one, a 40 20 for Manly, 292 tackles, played 315, one ruck infringement, all for Manly. One inside the 10 for Manly. 11 penalties conceded by Penrith, nine by Manly. Seven errors to nine. Hoskins made 31 tackles. Jake Trubojevic with 45. Brian Toto with 246 running metres and close back to close to his best in this one. And Jake with 119 running metres. Dylan Edwards, 163 supercoach points. Nathan Cleary, 150. Brian Toto, 112. And then four other players before you got the VCE on sixty.
0: Jake didn't miss one either. I think he's the only man player that didn't miss a tackle. So Jake was fantastic. So he was uh, their best player. No surprise. No, absolutely. Uh, I, again, I, once once this once these edges fell apart, I don't know what more we say apart from Penrith is very good at what they do, and their their attacks now clicking. Um, they're in sync. They're now in sync. Hoskins and Sorensen was good uh, both sides of the field, just uh, being that player in between. But the most important thing is that uh, uh, the dummy half. Yo and Cleary have their timing now, and that's that change trying through, and it makes a difference.
2: Um, you can see Yo's and Cleary are both back that fraction. I yeah. think it's they're getting a little bit quicker service out of um, Martin. It's, it's, I think it's been something that they uh, sorry, Kenny, yeah. something that they've really been pushing and to, to get him to, you know, rather than halfway stand up and pass the ball, they're just really working on him, service straight off the deck. And it's given them that little bit more time, but it also helps when you run for a thousand extra meters through the middle of the field than than your opposition. Um, Yeah, their defense in the middle was really poor at times, manly, and from minute one to minute 80, pretty much penniful was superior in every position on the field as well. Like, I don't think there was a apart from him, as I mentioned, maybe Jake, like he probably matched up with whoever he was matched up against, but there wasn't another person that got close to matching their opposition out of the manly side. Um, yeah, the fitness levels, physicality, skill—every aspect was won and won well by Penrith. Tuilangi and Ko Weeks were just constantly, repeatedly penetrated forcefully on that. Uh, yeah, Tuilangi. <laughs> well, the look, edge defence. There, there was Penrith a- just went out of their way to absolutely terrorise those two. Yeah. And didn't know what tackle to shoulder what shoulder to tackle with, and Ko Weeks didn't know what tongue. Tua <laughs> he was doing so between the two of them, there was just holes like there was a five, ten meter gap. That every time they went there, there was they, at best they were making half a tackle, most of the time, they weren't doing anything, they were just getting bounced off and, and for going through to school. Tua Lungi
0: is an interesting one because I was thinking about him even when I was watching back the replay day doing some notes. And, um, like Tigers were happy to let him go after he showed promise. There, he, he had uh, two good trials and maybe round one. Uh, and round two, actually. And then uh, since then, like, Bullimore might jump him by by this round, to be honest. I don't, uh, especially defensively there. I don't, it, it's hard to, um, yes, I have concerns there, because it's not going to get any better. I think uh, they're still missing the other two centres. Uh, Parker is an okay defensive centre. But as you say, they've got weeks out there. And, well, I, I don't think he, I think he's a junior sort
2: of half. So I don't think he's had a lot of time out. Well, they were playing him at five eight, so he's defending in um, where Schuster will be, yeah. If he ever comes back, Yeah. <laughs> <Super> <laughs> name here, again right? this week, is he? Yeah. But um, yeah, and he was the smallest guy on the field. Penrith went out of their way to run Hosking at him all night. Yeah. Yo got over there got a bit involved. Theo was running at him, and between yeah, him and Tualangi, they could not stop it. I think Penrith scored their first two or three tries down, like, if it wasn't through that position, it was just yeah. outside of that position because of what they'd done to the defence. Well, yeah, I think their, Edwards, Edwards,
0: Edwards ran through about six of them looking at each other. Yeah, absolutely.
2: On, on they, they were just completely yeah. shot. And after it was about 20-odd, 20 20-odd, 20 or 20-odd, six, they went down the other side of the field and started tearing that side apart as well. A, the defence was a little bit stiffer out there and they had to probably push a little wider to score points. But I don't um Yeah.
0: Yeah, good on Dylan Edwards. where do he get? Four tries. Um va- uh, valid uh, reward for what he's done for two, two and, and a half years him. now. Yeah, two years. <laughs> now. That's right. So that's been like I don't what else are we gonna say now that we have that, that isn't obvious to anyone that um Manley should got beaten and, to
2: nil really. Yeah. Just for being ruthless.
0: One <laughs> well, was just, one, one was just a grubber behind down, when they us over. Against, I'm pretty and, um, sure Brian Taito
2: might have dropped one. I'm pretty sure that bounced up in uh, his lap, yeah, and yeah. then the other one was just a little grubber. It was a, a grubber for
0: yeah. So um, this could have been, yeah, this could have been 60 nil realistically the way this panned out. Uh, all all I say is this similar to Melbourne. They're now hitting their stride and they're doing their job, but they're beating. I don't want to say they're flattered, but. Uh, they, they're starting to feel like minor premium material already. They're
2: doing Penrith,
0: their job so. as good as good, if not yeah. better than anybody else. Um, I saw an article today, just just quickly, just for something to talk about for two minutes, yeah. uh, suggesting that perhaps Penrith can only keep one of Edwards or Luai, assuming yeah, yeah, they'll man. both end up on say seven fifty eight and upwards. Who are you? Who
2: are you looking at? If I was buying them for my team. I'd be buying Edwards first. Yeah. <laughs> which, realistically, I probably wouldn't even be looking at the way. I? I know he, um, he gets a lot of raps for playing for Samoa. And to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen more than probably seven or eight above-average games out of him in the last two years.
0: I remember one, he beat the Bulldogs himself, uh, and one he beat... There's another good game he had, and a bit like I could name... Don't it get me game. wrong, he does a
2: job, but yeah.
0: he's, I, he's never... a.
2: Never really a standout in the
0: side. I, I hate to say this. Um, I have a feeling, uh, and, and that I think they'll assume either way, they've got positions covered, like if Edwards goes yeah, they've got to River or they've got um, they'll have blokes coming out of their, their eyeballs. But I, hmm. I I have an awful feeling someone like I could end up at the Tigers on a million bucks and just doing nothing for four years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just... Um it's, it, it is a hard
2: one because obviously the halves have probably a higher skill set than a fullback. Um well, yeah, Edwards type fullback, anyway, because yeah. you don't really see him getting in the line of ball playing as much as some of the other fullbacks yeah. in the competition. But the fitness and the effort and determination you get out of Edwards is something that's really hard to find anywhere else. So,
0: <laughs> and but that's starting to come as well. The more he's growing into it, that's we've seen more of that this year from him than we had probably ever. Sort of ball yeah, playing, well, it, and getting it, it, involved. It
2: so really started last year, but yeah, he's, he's even working on it on it, on it again. Um, mm. But yeah, as you mentioned, I'd, I'd be I'd be signing Edwards before I was signing more.
0: I, I agree with you, uh, unfortunately, but knowing the club I follow, it'll be the other way around, and we'll go through the same song and dance again until twenty thirty. Um, interesting to give three, two, and one two. I. You know, I sort of feel like it should be Cleary, Eo and Edwards, but Edwards scored four. You can make an argument for all the outside backs. So what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I had it I tossed up between Cleary and Edwards. I ended up giving Edwards the three. Yeah. It's not many times you're going to score four tries in a match. Cleary with the two. And then I had, um, yeah, either Brian Toller go for the one. Just Toto was back to his 200 metres and he was doing all that grunt work out of the back end, which... Penef has sort of been missing that a little bit, I think, recently. taruba has been trying to do it, but he just doesn't have as much impact as what Brian To'o does when he gets in there and has a go. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that To'o may have been carrying a leg injury. To be honest, the start well, of the We season. don't
0: know. As so I said, we don't know. There's two games at least where no one's kicked to him, so mm. um, maybe we don't necessarily know. Um, why not? Let's. We're all winged up today, so give it to another winger. <laughs> one point to Two O. Now we get to the. 20 to 18, the Dragons and Titans. What do the stats say uh, here? You've jumped another one as well. How have I jumped what have I done? Broncos <laughs> Raiders. Nice. Where'd I type it? Oh. Oh yeah, sorry, I did draw it here. Um I just wrote about the penalty. Go on, do that. Do the stats. <laughs> you just wrote about the penalty. Yeah. Uh,
2: three out of three tries, one out of three conversions for the Broncos. Yeah, Reynolds had a bad day with the boot. Mm. Uh three out of three for the Raiders, one out of one penalty attempts for the Raiders. Thirty out of forty-two sets, thirty out of thirty-eight. 180-plus running metres for the Broncos, three line breaks to four, 41 tackle busts 30, 12 offloads from both teams, no 40-20s, 297 tackles played, 370 made by the Raiders. One ruck infringement to two, two inside the 10 against the Raiders, six penalties to five, 11 errors to nine. Ricky made 37 tackles, Whitehead made 41, pass with 203 running metres, Sebastian Chris with 169. Up with with eighty-nine SuperCoach points. Walsh with eighty-six, and Hass with seventy-nine. Well, yeah, we been... so man. Like, seriously, you have to say, well done. They were getting beaten in the middle of the field. They had, they were on the back foot for large parts of this game and had to scramble and continually turn up and make tackles and turn away the Broncos because the Broncos were camped down on their line for extended periods in this game, and the Raiders just kept showing up. Yeah. Hitting in defence, um, they never got never got bullied. Uh, they're just continually determined in the middle of the field, and um, they matched it, if not won it. Apart from probably Payne Hass in, in the middle of the field by the end of this game. Doesn't help that Flegler got knocked out and he's gone in the game, but um, <coughs> he was he probably wasn't going to go and uh, destroy him through the middle of the yeah. field either. I thought uh, Jared Croker fixed up some. Some of those glaring defensive issues that you've seen out of Harley Shields recently um, didn't miss a tackle, didn't look like missing a tackle actually. Considering the bloke couldn't make one last year when he was running around for Canberra, um, probably didn't help that he had his shoulders hanging off. But um, <laughs> I thought he was quite good in his
0: return. Did nothing you've wrong. Got, there must, um, be, there still must be a. Even just, it's nice having a 300-game player back on the field regardless of yeah, for the club Seven itself. Seven now, um, so hopefully yeah. he gets there by the end of the season. his arms both stay sticky-taped on, and, and
2: good, absolutely. good luck Um And he was really controlled on both sides of the ball, which is something that you couldn't say out of Parley Shields. He was sort of panicking in defence and attack, realistically. Yeah. He really seemed to know. I don't know if that was just a mental thing or what it is, but apparently he's got plenty of skill from everyone that, that uh, you hear from, but... Who knows? Um, first try was really good, really good depth. They played uh, out to that right hand side and they got really deep and they had option option runners and ended up scoring in the corner. But I, I thought that was a really nice bit of play for Canberra that um, we haven't seen from them early this year. Um, Cobo finished the really nicely there for, for the Broncos, but then it was a really simple try from Rappin over score from dummy half. Just ran, brushed a couple off, and then. If the Broncos don't concede that try, the, the game probably changes. Canberra aren't as up and about yeah. and on top and in front at that time of the field and Broncos could probably put a bit more pressure on. But you know, I thought that was just a really soft try there from the Broncos. And it was an op- it was off an error as well, which they turned it, back to the, turned it back to the Raiders to give them the opportunity and then they couldn't stop it either. So, um, yeah, Canberra were gone with about 15, 20 minutes to go. I thought the Broncos were just going to go, you know, bang, 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 score three or four tries and win this game, and they, they just, um, yeah, they summed up their entire night really. They just kept turning up, they really determined, and just kept making efforts. Yeah, e- efforts. even that
0: tackle, and it, look, I, I do say that that penalty cost them the game, and rightfully or wrongfully, but even without that in there, it still felt that like they were going to get home, and Canberra scrambled right to the 80th minute. Yeah, they did. Um,
2: couple that um.
0: Perform- the last last probably summed up the
2: Broncos' night, really. Yeah, well, if and that Cable sticks, you know. just throwing it, it yeah. 10 metres behind the winger and in touch. <laughs> like that was just they, they seemed to go really well up until the last pass. Yeah, the last pass just did not stick for the Broncos or not.
0: No, that was... Um, I think you put it... I don't know if it's uh, just uh, they need a freshen up or whether it's just a bad night. Uh Ooh. Do you, I think you just sort of put it down to that and, and go back I'm to just, the main. Yeah, you don't worry about just this one one. Of those games. Yeah, um,
2: they,
0: they've lost one out of seven. So yeah, uh, out of the Canberra. Well, Hawesbury keeps overperforming. He's been great all year, um, absolutely really good. And I thought Whitehead defensively was pretty good here as well. He um, was in a bit of quite a scramble. Ball, yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, good on him. Like <laughs> I'm trying us to, to talk about. Yeah, Rappaner, <laughs> you, you know you know what you get. He tries his
2: arse off. Um, I uh, thought yeah. The bench for Brisbane was really poor. I uh, thought they had no impact at all, really. Um and Cape Will and Mann, uh, as a man, probably had their worst game of the season. Yeah. I thought Ricky in was um, they yeah, the
0: met Ricky had a pretty good game. He's had a good season, Ricky.
2: Yeah, he's been going really good the yeah. last probably month. Um yeah. and he started okay as well. Uh Reynolds and Carrigan were okay and throw Cobbo in there. Welsh and Haas were the, the best of the Broncos again. But um, yeah, couldn't get him over the line in this one. Rains are pretty strong across the field. No massive standouts, but Goolar again was someone who was decent off the. Uh, was going pretty good off the bench, and Huira and You mentioned the and Young were probably their best forwards. Dropping a cash team with a couple of tries. And that does does what he did. He had one of his better nights. He didn't really make an error and was mm. well positioned for most of the nights.
0: Uh, do you, how do you treat Cam? Do you want to say this again from Canberra,
2: or do you think absolutely? Maybe well, it's pretty much. <laughs> This is going to be their season. Like they're, they're going to have to play like this most of the season to win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We haven't seen them blow anyone off the field, and I don't see it very yeah. often.
0: I mean, they've got dragon. They I think a dragon this week, and I, but, I've spent too long tossing the <laughs> coin in that one.
2: So, but even then, they, they, they struggle to see any sort of real flashy or brilliant movements of the football, apart from the first one in this game, which I thought was quite good. And mm. if they can get to doing that two or three times a game, they, it might be okay, but yeah, they're really going to back, back themselves in on defence and toughness through the middle of the field. How are you splitting up some points here? Ooh, I, what did I have? I had Fogarty with three, action. I thought his yeah, kicking
0: metres yeah. were fantastic. Actually, he got did, him around yeah, just the field. To, we didn't even up, mention try. him, but um, he's someone we've sort of been seen to key, you know, keen to see have a proper run uh, after mm-hmm. some injury, and he hasn't really had his best flow, but yeah, probably his was, best um, kicking performance.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and a lot of it came down to because Canberra, as I mentioned, were on the back foot for large parts of this game, and he got them back down the other end of the field time and time again. Yep. They'd be on their own 40 meter line, and he'd put it down into a corner. And it, <laughs> they're tackling the Broncos on their 20 meter line. So to consistently do that makes a massive difference. Yeah. I thought it, um, he set up a try or two, pretty sure, one off a kick, and he was a big part of that first try with going through the hands. So yeah. I had with three, I had Hass with one. Then I had either Walsh or Rapana. Sorry, yeah. Hass for two or Walsh. Oh, probably even throw Horsbury in here if you wanted to.
0: Give it to Rapana. I thought he had a pretty yeah. good game. Uh, give him one for Might his... Might not be playing for a couple of weeks. <laughs> his bloodless there. He's like, going to have a headache. <laughs> they a try and years. scrape blood back into him. Uh, <sighs> cool. Uh, the long-awaited Titans-Dragons clash. Uh, I'm excited to get here, as people couldn't tell. Uh, it took place. Uh, it was three tries all, Barn. What the stats say?
2: Yeah, three tries all. Three out of three conversions for the Titans. Two out of three for the Dragons. One out of one penalties for both teams. Two, 29 out of 40 sets for the Titans. 37 out of 34 for the Dragons. Six line breaks to three. 49 tackle busts, played 38. Defense was a priority. 12 offloads the 13. One forced dropout by the Dragons. Zero 4020s. 346 tackles played 310. Five ruck infringements to two. Zero inside the tens. Two penalties conceded to eight for the Dragons. 11 errors to nine. in for the Dragons. Stimson made 41 tackles. Jaden Sewell with 36. Sammy with 275. And Rabalala with 171 running meters. Sami made 112 super coach points. Campbell with 98, Sexton with 95, and then Ben Hunt with 88. He's pretty good, Ben Hunt.
0: He's not a bad footballer. Yeah. Um, really, <laughs> Dragons you know,
2: dead set. They've only got themselves to blame for losing this game.
0: Yeah, you,
2: you can only lose that
0: much. But um, they looked. Like, I thought they were a the better team for the large part. What do you think?
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as I said, they've only got themselves to blame. I thought um, both teams worked pretty hard. Uh, for, for lots of the game but again it's the discipline and errors at the crucial times of the match but with a couple of minutes to go, Ben Hunt drops one um, with them on the tack around about halfway line it was probably close to their last chance the match. Um, almost every time that the Titans got down the other end of the field to score it was off an error from the Dragons or a penalty that was given away for something stupid and they gave away quite a few penalties um, like 2-8 to eight makes a massive difference Yeah, in any game. Um, and some of them are just really lazy swinging arms you know, into the head and really stupid Well, Mo, well for example, well, Molo,
0: Molo does the same thing every week now. He's uh, been pinged for. Sua was pretty lazy at times in some of his... I think he gave away a few rock infringements uh, even late in the game when they which marched him out the field there. Um but it's across the board. It's just yeah, and they were sloppy in defence,
2: like to miss 49 tackles as well against the Titans yeah. team that hasn't been carving everybody up in the competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they haven't been putting on 40 yeah. line breaks against a 40 tackle bus against anyone realistically. And like Tino was doing a job, but he wasn't rampaging over people. Nor was Feeder realistically, except for one or two runs. So Sami was carving some people up. He had his best game in a long time. His footwork looked really crisp and he looked probably quicker than I've seen him for a while, to be honest. I know he's always been fast, but he just seemed to have a bit extra in his acceleration in this game for some reason. A bit fitter know. too, actually. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely come back fitter since he uh, since his layoff at the start of the year. Uh, the, this game was a bit of a bludger, realistically. Like The interest was kept because it was so close, but it broke down and got sloppy so many times, Um some lazy defense and each team just seemed to take ten minute periods of well, oh, we'll be good for ten minutes, and then you can be t- <laughs> then we'll be shit for ten minutes and you can be good for ten minutes. But it just um, yeah, went back and forward like that for the most of the match, I thought. I
0: uh, no, sorry, um, just looking back at the errors, yeah. Sloan, four errors and three handling errors. So yeah, seven errors from Sloan, four from Hunt, three from Lomax. <laughs> And you feel, like, obviously you felt sorry for Ben Hunt the last one. But, um, yeah, just, just to your point earlier, I was just trying to find the stat. But sorry, go on.
2: Yeah, well, Tanner Boyd would be pretty happy with his little clutch performance there with the game on the line from the sideline, straight down the hay yep. little little, as, as Mossy um, would say. But that was uh, a yeah, beautiful kick in the clutch moment. Just one of the highlights of the game, realistically, <laughs> apart from... Um, it, Phillips Army with a couple of really incisive runs, beating three, four, five people in one in a in one ten sort of meter run. Um, it was very much back and forwards sort of tradesman tradesman like uh, footy for good hour.
0: And what'd you make of well, the two sort of talking points? Campbell and Sexton returned to first grade. They did their job um,
2: without being as blow away as well, obviously. Uh, as Sexton was quiet big parts of the game. Obviously, got the crucial match winning mm-hmm. try where he stepped through a few and got got, um, got that last try. But, um, yeah, he, his kicking game was okay. I thought it was good, um, especially on returns, since he's been out for so long that then he goes and breaks his wrist. So, Paul yeah. <laughs> Buggins is now out for, what, four or six weeks. Um, I think Campbell's been pretty good in every performance he's had this year, to be honest. Um, yeah. Still sort of, you know, I know um, AJ's out. Being out is probably the only reason he's there, but it's sort of amusing to me why he hasn't been at least the fourteen. Yeah, yeah. The majority. Of the season. He has,
0: I think, since round three, has he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's always dangerous. He's got enough footwork, uh, and he, he's smart enough to stay in and around to play a lot of the time.
2: So. Yeah, and that acceleration over of that ten or fifteen meters, which you know, catch anyone if you if you get him in a good position and put the acceleration on. Yeah, uh, and the usual. I thought. Um, Young Couchman from the Dragons was pretty good off the bench for him. Um, well, he was very good off the bench, really. Uh, Jaden Seward and Rabalawa were re- really good. I thought uh, Jack Bird was good again as well. Um, he's probably been close to their best player this year um, outside of Ben Hunt. And, um, yeah, Hunt was the best, <laughs> the Dragons' best player by a fair distance again. Um, would have liked to see him have a, a little bit more impact close to the line. He's sort of Sat back and fed it to his outside backs Rather than sort of attacking the line a bit But um, yeah most of the Most of the Titans forwards were pretty good I thought Um, Kelly was okay Out out wide but um, feeder and Tino really made the difference In and around the ruck uh, Campbell and Sammy Were probably the best of the outside backs Sammy was fantastic Sammy was the match
0: in my opinion And Mo did miss a tackle So big three forwards uh, you've covered Off there not uh, yeah uh thirty one and go this hundred odd meters yeah, Any other titan outside the two you mentioned that made a hundred uh, yeah give it to sammy then why not two to hunt
2: yep absolutely and, and then i either had um Campbell or Fofina.
0: give it to campbell that's fine with me uh but you take away not much from this game that you know both these teams, yeah, no, get it was, this both week. teams are sort
2: of both on the same level realistically and that's probably on and around the edge of the bottom four. So uh, if they keep playing like that, they'll be lucky to miss the bottom four. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Knights 34, Warriors 24. Two teams that won't be in the bottom four in my humble opinion, although the Newcastle might have to yeah, forfeit a couple life. of games uh, if they keep I'm going, <laughs> Uh, well, just lost Brayley as well. <laughs> Run out of players. Yeah, but... We're um, the
2: under-18s side.
0: But uh, give us the stats, because I, I I enjoyed this game,
2: actually. I really enjoyed this game as well. Six tries to four. Five out of six conversions for Newcastle. Four out of four for the Warriors. 33 out of 39 sets played. 34 out of 40. 300-plus running metres for the Warriors. Five line breaks to four. 37 tackle busts to 24. Six offloads apiece. Two force dropouts by the Warriors. No 4020s. 348 tackles played, 354. Two ruck infringements to one. Four inside the 10 against Newcastle, one against the Warriors. Five penalties conceded to seven. Seven errors to nine. Braley made 42 tackles. Curran with 57. Miller with 182 running meters. And Chance Nickel Clockstead with 229. Pompey with 110 supercoach points. Mazu with 92. And Chance with 92. Uh, where do we start?
0: I, I don't know how this has happened, but somehow Newcastle have become my favourite team to watch just about most weeks, because they don't play boring Sorry. games, but they've got, um... Well, first of all, they try their arse off. Some of, um... There was a couple of... Who made the bust early? And there was six or seven blokes chasing him uh, in cover defence. Uh, they, they ran down. Miller ran him down. But I can't... Oh, know, of Cossie. Cossie made a bust early, but, um... They just get in and they they save a lot of they they conceded some stuff shit later, but um, early on they they saved uh, they get in and work hard for each other. I'll say more than save a lot of drives, uh, but they're just razzle dazzle. Lockie Miller just lights like a player that can light everyone up is is amazing to watch and from anywhere on the field. Uh, and Dom Young's formed a pretty good combo where he knows to support him more often than not. Um, and between the two of them, a lot of most teams aren't going to catch him if they make a break. Uh, but clever footwork as well from Lockie Miller.
2: Uh, realistically, he's playing six, six team. I know they've got yeah. him at fullback, and he does occasionally pop up as a support player through the middle from that fullback position, but he's basically... Yeah. He's... um. you got got... Um, when Tyson's there, he's playing more of a 13 role as attacking the line and then promoting the ball out the back to Miller, who's on the sweep around the back. And then um, Hastings, Hastings is just doing the work in and around the middle of the field. Yeah. So... The, all the back lines, uh, syncing up with the back lines down to Miller at the moment. you basically playing like a six who's probably just playing that fraction deeper than most other sixes.
0: Mm. Uh, you got, um, and there's just confidence in attack. Bradman Best still can't tackle, but he's uh, <coughs> did a, did some nice attacking things. Beats blokes, and he's beating blokes again, which he hasn't done for a while. Clever little kick through for a try as well. Uh, and uh, and obviously Gago um, when he gets involved, but... Uh, yeah, the last of weeks, it's really? been really enjoyable to watch. Uh, you mentioned Hastings; he's just, it's just, he's just in control. Like he just uh, gets them where they need to be and gets them around the field. And I thought Johnson was just as good in in regards to that. Sean Johnson's had a good year. Uh, Definitely, I can't really, I don't want to really knock him in any further. At the, at the back end here, uh, and they got away early. It was just that Razzle does. Well, they get the first two, three tries, three tries. Yeah, the
2: Warriors seem to miss the jump. They come out pretty yeah. slow, I thought, in the middle of the field especially. Right, when the Knights are putting it up to your forward pack and actually pushing you backwards, like um, there, there is a few blokes there, like in your Leo Thompsons, that sort have of, sort of jumped up, and my expectation of what they were going to bring at the start of the year, and Brazil had a really red-hot start to this game here. Realistically, yeah. kicked on and had pretty good, probably 60 minutes. He was closer to one of the better players on the field for an hour. But, um, yeah, I really thought that the Warriors missed the jump in the middle of the field for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. And it wasn't until Curran hit someone in the head and until the pack seemed to get angry <laughs> because they got a penalty against them, Curran hit someone in the head. And then they really got up and going and going back through the middle of the field. And they caused... Newcastle problems after that point, but yeah, it was too. It was just really too far gone after that first 15 minutes. They put on eight, 16, 18 points.
0: I think it was pretty much try for try if you take out those first 15 minutes. So yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: again, though, both both are, are pegged better than that last game. Uh, Chance having a great season again, 250 running That's meters, good. and uh, some nice involvements. Uh, probably a little bit more flair than we'd seen him from at Canberra. I know he was injured for I a think that chunk comes that.
2: confidence too, but like, yeah, it's a pretty pretty injury dropped after injury every other week. Yeah. Injured. Yeah. Um, both teams put on some really nice tries. with really crisp ball movement, a couple of nice kicks and um, you know, guys climbing over the top of their opposition score. And there was a couple of really good defensive periods as well. I think there was, a, well, there was a period there where the Knights had about seven sets and the Warriors turned them away and turned them away. And um, similar at one point there for, for the Warriors. Um, uh, sorry, for the, for the Knights when the Warriors had the ball and they all camped down there for a good five or ten-minute period as well. But, yeah, I, I thought um, Tom Ayl probably had close to his best game in first grade. He outshone this starting pack coming off the bench. He ended up playing 40-odd minutes and did a, had a massive game seems to be getting that little bit fitter and a bit more game time may even see him pushing into the start at some point hmm. um, but also the, the the starting forwards were good as well so yeah. um, Vanilla Blake Jazz Tavanga were good Curran was um, really strong but a bit erratic um, he, he seems to have Isn't that who, just where who he is now I think loses just, his mind and yeah. <laughs> does, does a few silly things yeah. but it was probably his strongest game this year um yeah, like he's back to the form at the back end of last year, where he's just chopping blokes down and making some really good runs. I think he got up you know, 40 odd tackles, and really good running meters. So I thought he was good in this one. my spot where I was like, um, yeah, Charles Nickel, Clock, and Cossie were were really strong, uh, chiming into the background, and Pompey had his best game he's played in yeah. forever. I think <laughs> he looked, he looked um really hard to stop he's a big physical presence they were just lining him up like a back rower at times <laughs> up against his center and uh, busted over a couple of times for some tries sean johnson was their best player I thought, um for the warriors brazil and thompson were really good braley was killing it until he got hurt mm. until he's done his acl again like he was really in control in the middle of the field and um, causing all sorts of problems in and around the, the post, especially when they're not close to the Warriors' line. They, they didn't know which way he was going, and he was very deceptive there for, for a bit. He was making his million tackles like he normally does, but well, we won't see him again until
0: next year. Egan becomes a big out uh, at the back end of the game and in yes. general this week. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's part of it. it we'll obviously have someone who's quality. who can, Oh, Freddie Lusty will come in this week, I assume. Freddie Lusty. Um. I thought yeah. halves was pretty good.
2: Best of Marzu were very good, but um, Ago was brilliant. And Miller and Brazil they, they were their best three.
0: Yep. How are we giving up some points
2: then? I ended up giving it to Frizzell. Okay. I thought he was instrumental in getting them down the field. He made some really good long-range 20, 30-meter breaks on the, that right-hand edge for, for Newcastle. And then um, when they started worrying about Frizzell, that's when Miller really got into his work and got in. You know, uh, played the, the players out the back of him. So the Miller, I gave. Uh, sorry, I gave Gay guy the two points, and I either had Sean Johnson. Well, or... give it to Miller for one,
0: because um, as I said, I've enjoyed him.
2: He uh, <laughs> was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Pro- probably. I'm probably probably yeah, let him go. Probably hard on Johnson, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, both guys, but um. Soldier. That's it. But you know, as a club, you got it, sometimes sometimes accept Should that. Should have written a letter. You can't hold on to everyone. Uh,
2: but you you wouldn't have got him for half the price of what they're playing Boylan to fucking run around. Yeah, I know. And I, I reckon you could, probably could have offloaded Boylan for half his contract.
0: Anyway. Well, then he just re signed him. So <laughs> they
2: didn't even need to. pay half his contract to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, well. Uh, they, they made their choices.
2: Uh, <laughs> as they did.
0: And speaking of, twenty eight twenty two, Parramatta defeated the Tigers uh, on Easter Monday. Uh, what would the stats say, Barn? Have a crack at this.
2: There's a little point there where we were thinking there might
0: have been Was that a miracle. Same there as there last year. Should have won the fucking game, but anyway. Uh,
2: yes, absolutely. Four tries to five. Two out of four conversions for the Tigers. Four out of five, Parramatta. And one out of one penalty attempts for the Tigers. 33 out of 43 sets played 30 out of 38. 170-plus running metres for the Tigers and 138-plus post-contact metres. Six line breaks to four. 39 tackle busts to 17. 15 offloads to eight. Talk about winning the stats and losing the game. Yeah. Four force dropouts to zero, zero 40 20s. 293 tackles made by the Tigers. 357 made by Parramatta. One ruck infringement to four. One inside the 10 to zero. Three penalties conceded by both teams. 13 errors to 12. Happy made 37 tackles. Madison with 42. Staines with 238. Madison with 191 running metres. Didn't do the super coach points because I normally like to leave it a day before I do it, and then I forgot about it. Uh, Uh,
0: I think Tupo had 100-odd and Moses had 100-odd. The rest are all whatever. (laughs) Uh, They... This is again another tricky game to to analyse because Tigers were the better team, and I'm going to feel dumb if I talk about it that way. But nice it's points. pretty simple. If if Mitch Moses was playing for the other team, it's probably forty to ten at the end of the game. Uh, that said, you can't let teams march downfield five times in the whole game and score five tries, and that's what happened. Uh, the rest of it, they True. were camped in Paris um, Paris half uh, and just couldn't come up with uh, well typical Tigers. There wasn't a lot of ball movement for the first twenty. Uh, once they finally, and that had, was probably
2: too much. Baldwin. Once, once <laughs> they had the chase, yeah,
0: they were pushing stuff, and um, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, junior two P with one hundred
2: and eleven points. Moses with one
0: hundred and two. Patterson with eighty. Um, it, we'll start with Moses because you got to wrap him because he they were obviously worked out that they had a bloke who's been playing back row all year out in the edge and he kicked <laughs> behind sentence, him twice yes. and uh, came out with two tries. Absolutely, uh, and then his other couple of touches are very good too. Uh, Did make a few errors and missed quite a few tackles, but um, yeah. at the end of the day,
2: you
0: got him home back of his boot. Uh, as a t- it, it, look, there was a bad luck for the Tigers. Like as a Tigers fan. You're going, okay, that if it, if this was just the first game, there you'd go, you'd be pretty happy. But yeah, it's now six weeks in, and we see we've seen it all year. Uh, according, <laughs> this is according to the Rugby League Eye Test. Actually, apparently, they're the most. In the entire NRL, they have um their second for average play the balls inside the opponents twenty, and lead the comp yeah, in uh, yeah. total play the balls inside opponents twenty meter zone. Uh, so yeah, that's a good they're, they're doing um you've got to see you can't knock the perches. The front, they're forwards are doing their job. It's uh, the obvious it isn't. So uh, there was a bit of bad luck, like a forty that Dewey kick goes for forty twenty, um or he doesn't do his knee. You know, it's a different game. If um, Tupo just doesn't have a brain explosion, you know, they probably win the game. If Stain catches that last kick, they probably win the game. So um, I thought that all being said, it was Charlie Stain's best game of first grade. I thought he was pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like a, an actual first grade fullback. He was in the right spot a lot. He's worked out, hey, if I just follow Appy around, some shit might happen. Um, uh, and shocked me when they were chasing the game, the best they actually looked, the Tigers, was when they had were just running through the middle. They had Appy. Simpkins and Brooks chiming in just running instead of Brooks just running randomly around uh, or just running like a, a back row, uh, actually getting in and around the ruck. They look dangerous for a bit through there. Uh, it was a star making performance from junior Tupo who we've, we, again, we've mentioned yeah, a little yeah, bit, absolutely. but he was clearly their best player. He was fantastic. He looked dangerous every time they t- he touched the ball. Uh, he hasn't played, apparently hasn't played a lot of rugby league in general. I think he's come from rugby, but, uh, okay. he, he's still only young. He'll have more growing to do. And, um, might be the most exciting win we've had since, you know, Tenelo, Tuaki or someone. I'll keep I'll keep him and Capo together even though they've got some learning to do. I think they're together they can be a dangerous attacking combination. Uh let's see how that happens uh after the bye. But uh, obviously losing Dewey now is a we're back to the drawing board there. I don't know where they go. But um I thought they were the best. I thought all the forwards were pretty good. Bateman had his moment, still doesn't necessarily just tuck the ball under and bury in, but that's probably not him. Uh, and the others all what you expect. Puppy was good, uh, Clamard did his job. Um, and Polar in Pole, uh, still any green, but he will get somewhere eventually. Uh, what do you think of it all, Bar?
2: Well, it seemed to me like it was just whoever was going to make the last error was gonna you know, be the team that lo- loses the game, and ended up being that way, unfortunately. Yeah, um. As you said, if the Tigers could have cashed in a little bit earlier than what they did, they, they should have probably won this game pretty comfortably. Um, Parramatta played one of their aura games for the year and um, were really um, very unsound with their defence on the outside edges, which is sort of unlike I know it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's not, not, not it's unlike, unlike Parramatta, but, but it, is, um,
0: um, it is a new combination on that, on that right side uh, with Hayes and Russell, but they—they they were. It felt a little bit inside and outside. So
2: yeah. like, like normally, it's just someone rushing out or making a poor decision. But they were just comprehensively getting beaten on both shoulders um, down that edge. <coughs> Madison probably got him out of the out of the shit. To be honest, the amount of work he did through the middle of the field and cover up stuff. Uh, there was a couple of opportunities where players were going across the field. just um, again that last pass that just sort of went to ground or went behind someone or over someone's head. But once um, once Dewey went off, you could really see the game plan shift back to Appy. And yeah. obviously, it's just it's, I don't know how it's taken them this long to realise that that's what they need to do. It was quite clear and obvious once um, Dewey, even probably 10 minutes before Dewey went off, I think they'd already made the decision that they were going to run yeah. pretty much all their offence through Appy, And um, you can, it made a massive difference. You could see that he, you know, he was compressing the defensive line. He was having players on his inside, which was worrying the defense, and they were holding. And then it just gave more space on the outside. But Brooks was pretty decent. Um, he was uh, considering how much he cops week in and week out. But he put in a pretty good effort. Um, and the Tigers, yeah, it would, you do have to take your hat off to them. They fought to the last minute, but yeah, unfortunately. The, Charlie Staines drops that drop out over the sideline, and the, the game could have been completely different. Two oh. tackles, you could be on their 15, 20 twenty metre line attack and, press and win. They
0: were um they'll they would have munched that forty metres in a heartbeat. Um,
2: and then they went straight down the other end. Unfortunately, what four tackles later, and out yeah. a score,
0: which was enough for them to win the game. Which um which has been the problem all year. Uh, every game they've lost. I think they've lost three games by six points or whatever it's been, and they've have conceded times where they've just been marched down and scored next set. Yeah. There's, there's t- this power of Pack is funny because they do have those sort of two or three maybe four games a year where they just get owned and don't Super know how sure. to but they don't know how to get out of it. They just go oh well, no, that's right. like yeah. and obviously yeah. not, not having Paul he didn't help but um it happen it'll happen at a random game against Canberra somewhere again later where it'll they just don't know how to get out of their half. Uh, for whatever reason and this was it. Yeah, and they had
2: to rely on their um, outside backs, realistically. Yeah. And um, Petticini and Siva to make some meters, and chiming in at different points. Um, but Brown was decent. I thought Guth- um, Sivo had one of his better games for a little while, mm. got a little bit more involved. Um, still like seemed to do a bit more work. But Cartwright was very good again. Um, it pretty impressive this year, considering how boy he's been there for, for a number of years now, since Benner. Um Madison and Moses were the difference.
0: Yeah. The two players. Uh and I'll, I'll I'll throw Gutho into a basket a little bit there, just his defensive work as usual and, and his he had involvement in two of those tries where he did the usual sweep out Actually, and make that extra extra man for yeah. for Sivo. So um yeah, fair fair enough. Uh you'd hope to see Para bounce back and get that out of system next week. If not Yeah. That's a better pretty, team pretty, short, pretty shaky
2: start to the season.
0: Hmm. So. Uh anyway. What are we doing? Do you giving Moses three or... Yeah, I gave Moses three and then I gave Junior Tupu two.
2: And I had um, either Madison or
0: Dewey for the one. Yeah, actually, we didn't even really mention Dewey because he got injured, but he's kicked... He was the best he's kicked this year. Uh, yeah. And... He was engaging more. especially taking on that right-hand side as well. It just seemed, they just seemed all of them had a, finally had a bit of a clearer picture of their job and it probably comes a bit on Appy leading the way there. been to see what they come up with next time they take the field. Um... I want to re-mention Charlie Staines too. I'll give it to, uh, who else did you say? Dewey, well, there's no point really giving Dewey a point now. Give it to Madison, because um, Dewey's not going to miss out at the end of the year. <laughs> ah, well, there we go. That's that in the books. Again, any other big takeaways before we get into our regular segment? Um,
2: it's not really. There was, some, yeah, apart from a couple of performances that were very underwhelming. Just some of the teams you could better out of. A lot of Roosters them
0: are, are still one offs, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of treating yeah Brisbane Roosters. If they put three in a row like that, you'd you'd question it. Yeah, been, but absolutely. for
2: now, I'm treating
0: all three of those games as the
2: Roosters seem to be one a good game followed by a ball game. Yeah. So yeah, that concerns me this week. And it's still and, and they still
0: do rely on individual brilliance a bit much. Yeah, they rely on Walker just to take control or Teddy to drag them home. A lot. Uh, we'll see what happens once they get Crichton back and a bit more normality. Brisbane, we'll and see Parra's again.
2: probably played, what, four, four games and decent yeah. games. Uh, yeah. Maybe
0: you'd say one good one. Uh, and probably the uh, the other one I'll probably mention is uh, the one I've got grave concerns for is Manly because I can see them now dropping. And ter- ter- and, the end, the is and Turbo's now held together again by Plasticine, it seems. He's injected <laughs> up and... Hopefully I'm wrong, but I, his involvement was almost non-existent at times. So, uh, and, he, and like actively wandering around the back there in pain. So, I would... Yeah, um, still sure. apparently had needles at half-time for back spasms. I've just <laughs> got a feeling I'm I'm just going to take mm-hmm. Manly on now until convinced otherwise out of all of those teams. So, yeah. anyway, we've got a pop plant.
2: I do. Um, both of my negatives this week come to the dragon side, to be honest with you. Um, I thought there was a couple of really poor performances out of uh, their players. Ben Murdoch Masilla was probably my one, considering he's had a couple of decent games. The boat was out there for what sixty odd minutes and had seven runs of the football. It made yeah. um, a handful of tackles, missed four of them, made some errors. It's toss up between him and Sloane, realistically, <laughs> it's for the pop player of the
0: league. Yeah, not the first Same. time Sloane's featured. Uh, a couple. I'm going to give uh, Kelma Tualangi. He'll be one yes, of us. That's actually. for sure. Uh, he uh, well and truly deserves that. And, I'll miss him. and uh, Josh Reynolds. I'm not quite sure what he was contributing, but he wasn't on his own there. In fairness, so uh, I can't imagine the experiment with him playing lock off the bench is going to continue too much longer. Got
2: a salute and slap. Well, the slap goes to one. The other one I mentioned, um, Sloane, at the at the back from the Dragons, the floor errors, and they, they were pretty simple ones. He really needs to close that gap between his best game and his worst game. His worst game is absolutely atrocious, and his best game, only comes around once every every sort of two months. So he's got to get some consistency in his football. Yeah,
0: I can't imagine a new coach would help that, but we'll find out <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to slap the Parramatta forward pack because uh, they just need the wake-up call this week. Nothing too harsh. <laughs> I was thinking about giving it to some of the officials in the Brisbane game, but I've softened my stance. That's some common sense <laughs> around, I suppose. Salute. I'll give it to Latrell. I like seeing happy Latrell. Yeah, I like yeah. seeing game-winning Latrell, and I like uh, seeing Latrell do things like that. So it made me pleased, and I'm going to salute him this week. What about yourself?
2: Oh, Cameron must. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably already copped it two or three times this year where he's just been hands-down the best player on the field. Yeah. Um, at his absolute best, he's looks at the moment the best player in the game. Yeah, I know you got your arguments with the likes of um, you know Cleary and Stroh, Nico, and Tommy at his best. But at the moment, once, uh, he hasn't put in a ball. And when it, at his absolute best, he it, just It's, has
0: f- it's just, funny because he's he's always been that Origin or Grand Final star, uh, yeah. Australian star, without ever being the best player in the game. And now generally feels like he is in that discussion. Because I, I don't think Mel... I, you could argue Melbourne might not win a game without him, to be honest. But uh, well, I think
2: what, he played four games this year and he's been a standout in pretty much every else.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and we'll see what he brings at fullback this week. But we'll talk about all of that when we get to our preview in a sec. Uh, that is footy and frothies for another week. We've... Uh, We analyse that Dragon's game three times over, which is nice. (laughs) Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find us on Spotify, of course. You can uh, subscribe there, listen to your car or walk in your dog, wherever you may be. If you're listening, you can find us on YouTube. There's been uh, some good responses there. Thanks everyone that has subscribed recently. Get on board, leave us some feedback, and uh, we will touch on it every week. uh, Also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Take care, guys. And we'll be back to preview another good round of footy momentarily. Bye.